are for Armstrong Watson's agricultural take on the budget, which we have just recently listened to this afternoon. I'm Andrew Robinson, Head of Agriculture for Armstrong Watson, and with me are Keith Johnston, our Agricultural Tax Director, and my colleague Jonathan York, who is an Accounting Director looking after agricultural clients. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, it's Jonathan here. Um, thanks, Andrew. Yeah, it, um, there was a lot of speculation in the media uh, before the budget, um, as usual, really. Um, quite a lot of things that were forecast to happen, um, and it, it's, it's been quite a, a, an interesting afternoon. Uh, so I'm going to ask Keith um, for his views, particularly in respect of all the speculation um, around Entrepreneurs' Relief and the changes that we actually saw uh, and what the impact will be as far as our farming clients are concerned. Keith, what are your views on that? Right, thank you, Jonathan. Just going back to basics, entrepreneurs' relief, we're talking about capital gains tax here, so this is for any farmers selling land, selling property, um, and the rate of capital gains tax you pay on the gains. So we've had entrepreneurs' relief since 2008, and it was introduced with a lifetime allowance of a million pounds, successive chances then tinkered with it until... 2011 when the lifetime allowance went up to 10 million pounds per person um, we had a, as Jonathan said we had a lot of rumors that it was going to be scrapped altogether um, a lot of panicking because the difference here is whether you pay 10% tax on your disposal or you pay 20% so on big big disposals can be a big difference in the amount of tax so what actually transpired wasn't as bad as had been predicted so what we have from today, so um, this was backdated until yesterday evening, so even disposals which people pushed through this morning are caught by the new rules, which mean everybody has a lifetime allowance of 1 million, not 10 million. So that's obviously not good news, but I think for most of our clients, and I think you'd agree, Andrew, 1 million pounds per person within a family is still quite generous and with planning should be sufficient for most disposals. Yes, I think um, whilst we will all see clients with disposals and gains much bigger than the £1 million each, I think it's an awful lot better than the commentators and had predicted that it would vanish totally, which would have been meant gains doubled on, on a lot of sales. So I think with careful planning... And plenty of forethought, uh, it allows us to uh, keep capital gains manageable on farms. Some of the bigger farms, or farms at land sales is what we're really talking about, Will uh, uh, there'll be more tax on some of those, but uh, it's about being careful in the forefront, and it could have been a lot worse. I think you're right, and, and I think the key point that Andrew said there, careful planning, we you need two years prior to a sale if you're wanting to spread the ownership amongst more family members. Um, it needs to be done two years beforehand, not not three months or three weeks. So, as Andrew said, careful planning ahead is, is the key to capital gains tax planning going forward. Yeah. What, what impact do you think the uh, the requirements to uh, to pay the CGT will have on the 30-day rule, given that they've adjusted the entrepreneur's relief as well? Yeah, I mean, it's a good point, Jonathan. It, that's a change that has gone under the radar, and but is happening in a few weeks' time. Um, it's completely separate to what we've just talked about, about the rate of tax. 
but for residential properties, so with every farm that's sold, you'll be selling at least one house. Um, and now you have double reporting requirements. You still have to tell HMRC on your tax returns, but equally you need to tell them within 30 days of what gain you've made on the residential properties. And even worse, you have to pay the tax within 30 days. So that is really, again, it gets back to planning that you need to know what all the historic valuations were before the property is sold so that you can work out that gain on the houses and get that paid within 30 days. You still have until the 31st of January after the end of the tax year to pay the rest of the capital gains, but the houses is... It's a, an additional administrative burden we could have done without, but it is what it is. Yeah, and I think that's a very valid point that um, people just think because the new rules around paying tax on residential properties that farmland and farmers and landed estates are, it's something they don't need to worry about. Um, but it is there, it's to be remembered, it's another complication, and something we all have to be aware of. So I suppose really to recap just on the capital gains side of things, entrepreneurs' relief after all the speculation, um, I guess given the pushback that the Chancellor had from representatives across all sectors of the business community, it's it's probably good news that it survived, albeit uh, um, much reduced, uh, so there will be an impact. Was there any good news as far as capital gains tax concern, uh, Keith? <laughs> If you count a £300 increase in the annual exemption, I suppose I suppose yes, but that's going to be a maximum of about £600 off your tax bill. I think not a lot is the answer. No. <laughs> not overly generous by no. the sounds of it, is that? Um, there was a lot of speculation as well, as particularly in the farming press, um, about the impact of possible duty changes on red diesel. Uh, did the Chancellor have anything to say on that? He, he did. He sort of made the point that it was all linked to um, being carbon neutral and how some of the industries that use red diesel are perceived to be some of the um, heavier polluters. Um, and, and clearly agriculture is a big user along with forestry. Um, so he then sort of backtracked a little bit and said nothing is happening for two years for any industry or any user of red diesel and then thankfully backtracked even further and said that agriculture will be exempted. So quite, if you are a business both in forestry and farming as to how you've got to then keep your diesel separate, even maybe the same machine that gets used in both the forest and, and on the farm, um, we need to see the detail on that. So it was sort of bad news and good news there. Um, so that could have could have been quite expensive for a, for a lot of uh, particular arable farmers, couldn't it, Andrew? Yeah, I think it's um, it, it would have been very expensive for most sectors of agriculture. So it's it's a very positive thing and something I was very pleased to see uh, being retained for the farming and fisheries sector. Um, we did some very uh, quick calculations when this the, um, pl- the the horror of this potential came out, and we think it could have added up to uh, half a pence a litre cost to producing milk, and it could have somewhere to about forty pounds an acre, depending on your farming system for arable. So it's it's a, a relief that one's gone away, um, but for our forestry clients and our forestry friends. It's going to put a real cost on to harvesting, hauling and processing the timber uh, and I'm sure there'll be some uh, detailed negotiations with 
Forestry Commission and forestry owners about the price charged for that because it'll have a real cost impact. Yeah, there was a lot of talk beforehand uh, about inheritance tax as well, and of course the the valuable inheritance tax reliefs um, for for our agricultural clients, principally agricultural property relief and business property relief, have been under the microscope now for some time, and perhaps seen uh, as an obvious target for the Chancellor in terms of needing to raise more money. Um, it's probably quite a, a, an easy sell for any political party um, to tax substantial wealth um, rather than expect people to pay more income tax. Any changes there? No, there was virtually no mention of inheritance tax at all in the budget, not even to say that they were looking, continuing to look at it and something else might be forthcoming. Because the background to this was um, the previous Chancellor, Philip Hammond, asked the Office of Tax Simplification to, to do a report on inheritance tax. They came up with a number of suggestions, some of them quite radical, some of them very sensible, um, and we were expecting some comment from the Chancellor as to whether he thought um, that he was in favour of introducing some all on or none, but say the silence was deafening. Um, so we've got nothing whatsoever. Agricultural property relief is exactly as it was, so all the scaremongering that it might be abolished altogether, which I always found, frankly, very, very unlikely. Um, so for the time being, no change, but... I, th- I think this hasn't gone away, so I think possibly in the autumn um, we might hear something more. I would totally agree with Keith. I think there's uh, it's still on, maybe not on the Chancellor's uh, hot topic list, and it's a relief to see nothing in, in the budget changing that, and it still means family farms and family businesses can be handed from one generation to the other uh, tax-free, um, which is what we all want. But it's still in all the HMRC press and things. They are still uh, undertaking a review of it. And it it still looks very much in the headlights to me. Um, And one thing I and uh, we at Armstrong Watson uh, see a lot of is is, um, trying to create contract farming agreements that aren't contract farming agreements. They aren't watertight. Is the landowner taking any risk, etc. And I think uh, from everything we see, they're high on the hit list. Um, that's not to say contract farming agreements are wrong they just have to be proper well documented and well looked after but it's nice to see for the time being that family farms can be passed from one generation to the other efficiently at the moment yeah the other possible change again I think may well happen in the next year or so is this idea that you can inherit farmland get a capital gains tax uplift which means you don't pay any inheritance tax and then the new owner of that land uh, can sell it without any capital gains tax. That was never the intention of agricultural property relief. It was intended so that family farms, family businesses could continue and that there was never any need to sell assets to pay the tax bill. Um, But again, nothing at all in in this budget. But I think anybody who is thinking of doing succession planning, handing assets on to the next generation, I think it might still be a good idea to push ahead with that and don't bury your head in the sand. So do we feel at the moment then, really the advice to clients is, we've probably earned ourselves a measure of breathing space, but the window might be small, and given the political pressure that surrounds the subject, generally it's unlikely uh, that some sort of fairly significant reform um, is not too far over the horizon now. 
I think that's right. I think the political climate with Brexit and COVID-19 has probably just meant a few things like the inheritance tax reform has just been pushed onto the back burner, but it hasn't gone away. And I think we'll, if we're sitting here in 12 months' time, I think there will be uh, recommendations and changes being introduced. I agree. I think inheritance tax reliefs will remain, but they will be, come under significant review and will only... They will make sure that it's only claimable, is my theory, when a family business or farm and, and they all get one relief or the other is passed down and actually continued by the next generation. I think if it's if it's passed down a generation then sold or not continued or only continued in part, that's where they'll look to change it. So I think uh, the three of us would summarise that the budget was nothing like as bad for the agricultural and farm business industry as we'd feared and the the press had suggested but there's definitely a lot of points that need borne in mind for our clients and uh, advice taken. Mm-hmm.